Well, hello, little cosmic owlets. <laughs> I am Louise Eddington. I am the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology with the Weirdly Cosmic podcast for the lunar eclipse that's coming on November the 19th, 2021. Yes, the eclipses are here. <laughs> and we are entering quite a crazy time. So, um, I am going to show you a card first and I am going to um, uh, also show the chart, which I don't always do, but I'm not going to leave the chart up for the whole time. I just want to show you a few things as I move into actually talking about this energy because, oh, what a winter we are heading into in the Northern Hemisphere. Um and I'm sorry to be so Northern Hemisphere focused, Southern Hemisphere folk. The energies will affect you, of course. But these energies in the Northern Hemisphere are really affecting um, the USA particularly because we're heading into our Pluto return. And I live in the um, Northern Hemisphere. So, but in honour of the Scorpio new moon, which was yesterday, I'm wearing my Underestimate Me That'll Be Fun shirt. Because I don't know about you, it was a huge new moon and I feel a little bit ripped open and um, very fragile emotionally, but um, a little bit better than yesterday, shall we say. Although not, it's, none of it's bad. I think it's all uh, got to be um, processed and got to be faced and it's important part of evolutionary growth dealing with grief and being emotionally tender and I think the whole period we're entering into is going to be a very emotional um, turbulent period so let's um, look let's move on to look at things but before I do let's um, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube if you're listening on any of the uh, podcast providers uh, please maybe go leave me a review on um, iTunes that would be really helpful if you're watching on YouTube give me a subscribe click that bell for when I upload new videos if you enjoy it leave me a comment I love to hear from you and um, let's get into it <laughs> Okay, so the card I pulled, I had to laugh because Venus moved into Capricorn this morning and um, and the, we're heading into a very earthy period, so I'll talk about all of that. But I picked the Devil card, which is the Capricorn card, and in the um, Soth or Toth Tarot, this is um, a wonderful picture of Pan the Goat uh, with a jaunty head and this kind of jaunty wreath on his horns. Um, this is the principle of mirth and or humour at what bedevils us. Okay, And it's a great attitude to take into this period that we're moving into. So I want to read you a little bit about this card from um, my favourite book about the Thoth Tarot. It's by Angelise Arian. And she starts with a quote for every card. The difference between a comedy and a tragedy is that in a comedy, the characters figure out reality in time to do something about it. And that's by Bennett W. Goodspeed, whoever that person was. A lovely quote. Now, this, as I said, represents the 
universal principle of mirth combined with stability though if you see the goat is very solid on his feet all right uh, this is the only card in the entire tarot deck which has undergone a transformation within itself during greek mythology um, this symbol was pan half man and half goat the god of merriment and sensuality in egyptian mythology this symbol was ra the sun deity a symbol of life force and energy. During the Middle Ages, there was a backlash to the panastic cults and the archetype of the devil was created. The panistic goat was changed into the devil and ironically, devil, spelled backwards, is lived. During the Middle Ages, the panistic activities of people living it up were considered hedonistic Therefore, in order to quell those activities, they had to be rendered evil or made wrong in order to make way for that new belief for new belief systems that were emerging at the time. So this represents the need to face whatever problems we whatever we might consider our developments, bedevilments or problems with the tenacity of Capricorn, the goat, or with the humor like Pan or Bacchus from Greek mythology. We can face and move through our bedevilments, which are the webbings on the side of the cards, um, with sure-footedness like Capricorn the goat and with, mirth and, with the mirth and humour of Pan. This symbol reminds us that if we take our problems or bedevilments too seriously, they can ensnare us and take us off balance. Okay. The devil pan symbol represents the need to hold on to both the qualities of mirth, stability and our centeredness in facing real or imagined problems, the webbings or spider-like veils, so that we won't be thrown off balance. That's all I'm going to read. You get the idea. Look at him. He's, he's like going all jaunty, jaunty and let's face all this with determination he's like staring straight in the face and i love that tower behind him going upwards with saturn at the top the double ring planet okay it's kind of a card of mastery it's about mastering facing um any kind of um hardships or troubling times and we are entering into some troubling times but we're going to be okay I want you to know that all right so to the new moon it, sorry full moon full moon eclipse itself this is a partial lunar eclipse which means that it's actually uh, an eclipse is always conjunct the lunar nodes that's what makes it an eclipse okay <laughs> which means it's close to the ecliptic and um and this is a partial one, which means the nodes and the moon and the sun are quite far apart. So let's look at the chart quickly before we dive in. And I've got made some annotations on it. So here you can see that the moon is at 27 degrees of Taurus and the moon at 27 degrees, 14 minutes. And the moon is conjunct Sedna. So I'll be talking about all of that. But Alan Clay, who's done a lot of work on Sedna, particularly um, dwarf planet astrology, says that Sedna is um, uh, spiritual destiny through crisis. 
And now Sedna has an 11,400 year cycle, which takes it back to the major ice ages. So she is probably really connected with big sun um, times of climate change. Takes us back towards the end of the ice ages. Okay. Um, and um, so that's a big start. All right. Uh, the moon being conjunct uh, this major energy of um, 28 degrees Sedna. Incidentally, how Mayer is over here somewhere. I didn't add her to the chart, but she's kind of less. Uh, there's a reason for that, I think, that she is less connected. So we won't even talk about how Mayer right now. So anyway, the moon is conjunct Sedna. So that makes it kind of a spiritual destiny eclipse already, in my opinion. Uh, uh, now, a lunar eclipse or a full moon eclipse is always a moon-sun opposition. So we have the sun still in Scorpio over here, at twenty again at 27 degrees. Um, and it's conjunct Mercury at 21 degrees. Mercury, the messenger, communication, news, all that kind of jazz. All right. So already we can see it's quite a strong opposition. Now, before I look at some of these other figures that I consider to be aspecting this full moon eclipse, I do want to mention that this is the second of six full moons at 27 degrees. We had the first one last month in Aries. We've got this eclipse in Taurus. Then we're going to have a third in Gemini, a fourth in Cancer, a fifth in Leo and a sixth. Um, over here in Virgo, finishing this um, six uh, full moons at 27 degrees. So when I talk about the numbers, I'm going to kind of look at little different bits of the numbers every month because 27 has a big message for us through this winter. And um, incidentally, the five new moons in between those full moons Starting with the new moon, the Scorpio new moon that was yesterday, as I record this on November the 5th, we have five at 12 degrees. OK, so we've got five 12s and six um, 27s. And of course, 12 is a three, 27 is a nine. And there's also a lot of sixes. And I talked a little bit about the three, six, nine code last time. Now, please don't get into any big... Um, airy fairy stuff about the 369 code. Uh, Tesla was the one who said if we understood the 369 code, we'd understand how the universe works, basically. And he was a scientist. And there is a lot about the circle and the zodiac being 360 degrees and you divide it up and there's a lot of nines there and things. There's a lot there about understanding how the universe works with the 369 code. So I just think with all these threes, six and nines coming in, we're kind of being given this opportunity to really start to understand the cycles more. All right. I'm not saying we're going to get it. Who, who knows if Tesla couldn't get it? I don't know if I'm going to, but it's there. So anyway, yes, the second of six full moons at 27 degrees and it happens to be an eclipse. The reason it's a partial eclipse, as I said, is it's actually 26 degrees. Oh, no, not 26. Less than that. 
It's actually only, oh, it's quite close to the, but they're out of sign. The north node is four, five degrees, five, nearly six degrees away from the moon. So it's not, it, but it's pretty, pretty close, pretty close. So it's still a big eclipse, all right? So yeah, the moon is at 27 degrees Taurus on the eclipse. Now look at these other things I have highlighted. We have, I'm going to start around here actually. We actually have Pluto still at 24 degrees of Capricorn. Um, and that's in sextile to the sun and in trine, earth trine to the uh, moon. And it is in the sign of Capricorn. So Pluto moved into Capricorn on um, in 2008. And so we've been dealing with this bedevilment since um, since 2008 uh, with all the upheaval that uh, Pluto has been causing in us the structures that we live under, which are very much about Capricorn. OK, and that's all the structures of our lives. All right. Then also at 24 degrees, we have Jupiter in Aquarius and Jupiter in Aquarius is almost exactly square to this full moon. So this is the biggest aspect, to be quite honest, because it's a square and a square is kind of challenging, facing off to each other. And this makes a T-square from Taurus to Scorpio to Aquarius. And, and so this is really kind of in fixed signs is again more kind of earthquakey material. Now, Taurus, to my mind, is the most earthy of signs. It's our nature. It's our physical bodies. It's, it's our real physical humanity. It's everything, the senses that we can see, touch, feel, smell. All those senses are highlighted in Taurus. So um, I'll come back to some of that as well. So this is a massive square. All right. And Jupiter in Aquarius is kind of looking for big new ideas to move to the future in, in, in Aquarius. <laughs> OK, and then um, and yeah, I'll talk more about it in a minute. Then I've kind of highlighted Neptune as well, because Neptune is still within um seven degrees of the moon and sun and is sextile to the moon so i'm going to say that outer planet is involved as well and the three of those um kind of make this lovely kind of bowl pattern with jupiter at the bottom and um yeah <laughs> anyway then we have eris the discordant one the disruptor back at 23 degrees where she spent a lot of last year and the year before and she's in semi-sextile to the moon and quincunx the sun she's causing disruption again i'm going to say she is definitely involved and she and pluto are still connected to that last final square of theirs after their um five exact squares that began in January of 2020. So that's that's kind of huge too. They're still within a degree. They've still not moved that far apart. They will eventually, but um, Eris is still there ripping off picket fences. So let me stop the share and just talk to you because I don't want you to get too tied up in the chart. What does this all mean? 
Well, as I said, the moon is in the sign of Taurus and this um, sign Taurus is Venus ruled. And on this chart, Venus has just entered the shadow of her retrograde in Capricorn. She turns retrograde um, just a month exactly after this eclipse. Okay, she's um, she's um, getting ready already in her shadow. Um, I, she moved into the sign of Capricorn, Capricorn this very morning on November the 5th as I record this. She's going to be in Capricorn till March the 5th, four long months, um, harking back to the years 2013, the end of 2013, the end of 2005, the end of 1997. You can go back other eight year periods, which is the Venus cycle, but go look back at those three, see what um, changed in your life then. Uh, things will never be the same, but it kind of gives you a bit of a flavor of the power of this, this retrograde that we're entering into. But for those of us in the um, USA particularly and France and there's a few other countries that went through some pretty revolutionary periods in that time. I do want to tell you that this exact Venus retrograde that's coming up um, uh, with the uh, seeing as she's the ruler of <laughs> of the uh the eclipse, which is, by the way, the first eclipse in Taurus, Scorpio, before the nodes move into Taurus and Scorpio for a year and a half from January. So we're moving into a very Taurus, Scorpio period. So Venus is very important as she's going to rule the North Node as well. Um, the Venus cycle, which I am now certified to kind of uh, teach in and and talk about more because I certified with Ariel Gutman's Starpoint work has a kind kind of a strict 250 year repeating cycle as a greater cycle and Venus retrograde in Capricorn was at exactly the same degrees and points starting a, a, a new kind of Venus cycle as well, um, which will be a Venus Libra, uh, sorry, a Capricorn Libra cycle. Too much to explain. But um, that was at the end of 1770. We're getting exact repeating patterns from 1770. Now I am kind of going to do a USA Pluto return video that will talk more about this as well because the USA Pluto return is coinciding with this 250 year Venus cycle return. And of course, there's going to be differences. There's different energies involved, different aspects, but you can't make this stuff up. We are in this revolutionary time, if we had not gathered that. No revolutions are the same. We can still hope for a peaceful revolution, right? Okay, so long as you know we can. <laughs> So, yeah, as I was saying, Venus rule this. Uh, so, yeah, we look at that. And it's also important for that because I mentioned that Pluto is aspecting this full moon and Venus will station retrograde conjunct Pluto and square to Eris. All right. She will form three aspects 
with both so both those planets. So all that to say that this full moon eclipse and eclipses can literally eclipse things and but their energies play out over the following months after an eclipse they don't always happen on a day though things can is going to bring some very eclipsing times and tumultuous times now the Taurus Scorpio as, um, axis is about our deepest values and our deepest bonded relationships in Scorpio and our shared values it's also about finances and money there could be some major transformations in in the financial world and in people's monetary circumstances and again it doesn't all have to be bad you know this it, some people go up some people go back down i don't believe in um, living in a, a state of complete fear about these things because who knows maybe it'll be a good balancing because if you think about that shape of the chart with jupiter squaring exactly in aquarius and in fact i might look hmm, i might look at the symbols for jupiter as well on this one because jupiter in aquarius is expanding our vision our our hopes and dreams so and he's covering old ground he he'd been here before and he went retrograde and he's kind of at the apex of this square the turning point um anything squaring um anything is a kind of a pivot point um especially when it's an eclipse he's not squaring the nodes but he is squaring that full moon i'm going to say that jupiter in aquarius is quite the pivot point for a period that we're moving into i want to share one quick um the chart the chart again really quickly to point out one thing that mars is now just uh one 70 18 degrees uh sorry from the south node and and then we're heading into that time of the black snake that i talked about this last time so we're definitely heading into a time of um, alchemical transformation, as I keep calling it. I can't really think of another way to describe it. I keep talking about how everything's kind of being thrown into this pot. Um, all these outer planets are being thrown into the pot. Neptune in Pisces, which is our spirituality, but also our delusion and illusions and is is involved sedna's involved spiritual destiny through crisis jupiter is involved in aquarius expanding big hopes wishes and dreams pluto's involved pluto in capricorn digging up the crap that's not working eris is connected to it pulling off that artifice of our society it's going to be a really interesting time especially because it's generally considered that eclipse energies kind of play out over about six months. And then, of course, the new moon eclipse after this full moon eclipse is going to be a total eclipse on December the 4th. But I'll talk more about that next time. <laughs> so I want to get to the numbers. I, you know, I want to talk more about this 27 a little bit. 
So this time I want, I talked about last time, the 27 being considered um, this real number of um, extreme compassion, um, inner wisdom, it's the number of the Bodhavista, it's the number of the universal spiritual laws, um, uh, well that's the nine and then the nine and 27 together is, is really about um, this heightened sense of um, um, universal love and service and compassion and understanding through humanitarian principles all right it's it's often connected as well with um, psychic or clairvoyant insight but it's success on the material plane okay it is not just about um it's not just about being airy fairy and ascending out there. This is about coming down to earth, and which is kind of brings me back to that Taurus energy. So it it twenty seven nine is about bringing lifting the energies to the highest balance and perfection. It's about universal brotherhood and um, humanitarianism. All right. So this gives me hope. I think we are entering this really turbulent time. But the fact we've got six at 27 degrees, are we going to get kind of the second coming of some somebody who's going to be really um, um, a, a, a more spiritual kind of leader? Or are, is, will it be several leaders? You know, I don't know. Will it be um, women taking the lead? I don't know. We'll see. The Venus in Capricorn retrograde could indicate that it's kind of a very divine feminine kind of leader um, but that could embody in either gender okay so a collection of amazing facts about number 27 I'm going to be sick of talking about 27 by the time we're done but that's okay <laughs> so the number 27 is often referred to as the trinity of trinities as Three times three times three equals 27 or three times three equals nine and three times nine is 27. So we can see the threes, the sixes, the nines all in there. So the planet is made up of 72% salt water and 1% fresh water, leaving 27% of the world as land. Whoa. The moon orbits the earth once every 27.322 days. It also takes approximately 27 days for the moon to rotate once on its axis. Which is, which is why, as a result, the moon does not seem to be spinning from our perspective because it's rotating, but, we're, but, the, but it's also rotating around the Earth. So it always rotates its face to us. Okay. <laughs> Synchronous rotation, apparently it's called. On average, the sun rotates on its axis once every 27 days. However, its equator spins the fastest and takes about 24 days to rotate. But um, And the poles take more than 20, 30 days. So that kind of averages out in the middle at 27 degrees. All right. Human cells regrow every 27 days. During this process, our old epidermis, visible skin cells, die and are replaced with new skin cells. 
Now I'm going to get a bit biblical here for you because um, I think the Bible is an astrological um, text. In the Bible's book of Genesis, God creates humans in the 27th verse. All right. All right. In the New Testament, uh, that can the whole New Testament consists of 27 books, the four canonical gospels, the act, Acts of Apostles, the 14 epistles of Paul, the seven Catholic epistles and the book of Revelation. There you go. Not everything's bright and shiny about 27. Um, the 27 Club refers to the um, fact that many rock musicians, artists, actors and athletes have died at age 27. Um, Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix. I think um, there's Amy Winehouse. There's been um, uh, quite a few. Okay. Now, there's a, there's a lot more to it, you know. Um, I do want to mention as well, though, that Spanish and Hebrew alphabets have 27 letters each. 27 is the total number of letters in the Hebrew alphabet, 22 regular letters and five final consonants, apparently. 27 is the total number of letters in the Spanish alphabet, five vowels and 22 consonants. The planet Uranus, I find this very interesting, has 27 moons. Five of the moons are large and the rest are much smaller. The five large moons are called Miranda, Ariel, Umbriel, Titania and Oberon. Titania is the largest moon of Uranus and is covered with small craters. Um, the moon is 27% um, the size of Earth. Um, there you go. I'm not going to give you any more other than, oh, the Freemasons. The Egyptian Lodge 27 was established in 1811 and named in 1839. The Egyptian Lodge 27 continues to meet at Freemasons Hall, Great Queen Street, London, on the evening of every Wednesday, first Wednesday in April, May, October, November and December. Um, so there you go. Um, the Roman Empire was formed in 27 BC. I think we're reaching a little bit now. 27 is a perfect cube, being 3 times 3 times 3. Um, according to Incan legend, there was 27 roads leading to the lost city of El Dorado. And according to Feng Shui, um, it's considered good luck to keep 27 identical coins in your house. And there's 27 prayer beads in a, in a typical Buddhist mala or rosary. 108 divided by 4. So there's 4 times 27 is 108 as well. And we know 108 is a magical number. Saturn come, reassumes the same position every 27 years. The Saturn return. It's actually between 27 and 29 years. Um, so that's reaching a little bit. And in Hindu astrology, there are 27 nakshatras or lunar mansions, which I do not know much about, but they are, I know they are sectors along the ecliptic. There's lots more. I might talk about some more of these on future podcasts. I don't want to bore you. But can we see that um, numerology, astrologically and numerology, and in numerology, <laughs> we are entering this time 
you know, by the time of the next um, full moon in December, Venus will turn retrograde uh, the day after. Um, all the planets will be in this Kalasapa or uh, draconic bowl, one side of the nodes, with the nodes being um, the rim, okay? Except for the moon. The moon will be out of it and a couple of asteroids, but basically we'll be in a big... And I'll look ahead at the other ones as we go through. So the six, of course, showed up in Jupiter being at 24 degrees, Pluto being at 24 degrees, and um, oh, there are other Ceres is at six degrees of Gemini. Black Moon, true Black Moon Lilith is at 12 degrees of Gemini, which is another six. Um, Uranus is at a 12 degrees still, which is a three. So we've got lots of threes. Venus is at 12 degrees, which is a three. Pallas Athena is at nine degrees. So we've got lots of threes, sixes and nines in this chart again. So it's kind of crazy. So um, numerology, I did want to, no, I did want to look at the Chandra symbol for um, Jupiter as well as for the, um, as well as for the full moon. But let's start with the full moon. So we go up always on the symbols. So we look at Taurus 28. A man making candles out of beeswax. The sweetness is in the returning to those sacred places always known and now being at ease there. The natural man strips away false layers and finds somebody underneath who is poignantly familiar and resonantly true. The search, the quest, the process, the intricate extended process for everything depends upon entering the process and giving yourself over to the master craftsman hands of the creator beings. You are simply a seed blown by the wind and to become this completely is blissful fruition inwardly smiled into being. Well, now I must say this whole thing is an inward process. You know, this stripping away the layers, finding your essence, finding your deepest values. The Venus retrograde is going to take us through that. This eclipse is taking us into that. Eclipse is a full moon is a release and a shedding anyway. And this is an eclipse. So we can literally eclipse. We are really being um, stripping away these false layers. Eris is pulling off any artifice. Pluto is um, excavating any shit that you're left with. And Jupiter is saying, you know, create these hopes and wishes really based on your true essence. Now, I do hope that some of you will join, join me on my Venus retrograde journey class, heroines journey class starting December the 14th because it's taking us through this whole period in very deep ways okay so the Sabian symbol for Taurus 28 is a woman past her change of life experiences a new love now I, I was a bit like oh, 
but women are the only ones that kind of go through the menopause <laughs> and and we can change very much and we are moving into a time of the rising of the divine feminine so it feels very fitting for me as the divine feminine is taking her place side by side with the divine masculine we've we've been living the hero's journey for many many years <laughs> centuries and now it's time to also live, um, live the heroine's journey side by side together. So, and the keynote for this from Rudyard is the um, human's capacity to rise in consciousness and feelings above biological limitations. And he said, um, I'm not going to read all the words, okay, because he seems to have a bit of a problem that it's about women, really. But anyway, <laughs> hey, um, he says it's about the possibility of new re-beginnings. And I apologise for my husband slamming doors while I'm recording the podcast. Um, he's, he talks about a more mature response to the new possibility of experience. So now I actually want to look, I do want to look at the um, uh, symbols for Jupiter in Aquarius. So we go to 25 Aquarius and uh, they say the Chandra symbol is quite simply a moustache. Disciplined, constrained and consistent, keeping things within the boundaries set by rational cognition, doing what is strictly appropriate, objectively, impersonally, dispassionately deciding and choosing and following this up with a way of life circumspect intensely aware of reputation and community standing you live up to the highest standards impeccably and are self uh, suppressive routinely everything has been decided ahead of time obedience to the greater instructions subordinated to what to what shall serve and what shall reach far and wide able to tailor and custom fit your behavior and expression so that the greater good is served absolutely you manifest pure adherence to the law with no qualms no quibbles no questions i think i'm going to just leave you to take your own um meaning from that one <laughs> in these contentious times i think i know what i think it means for me i think we have to think of the greater good and we're stripping ourselves down to our purest values um so that we can just get back to basics and come together to live um for the good uh, good of the greater good of the collective um, in many ways <laughs> so 25 Aquarius doo, doo, doo. so I do have to say we're, uh, there could be some financial kind of shifts and changes with all of this I'm not going to say which way they'll go though because it could go up for some, down for others so the Sabian symbol for the Jupiter placement 26 Aquarius is a garage person testing a car's battery with a hydrometer the keynote is skill in applying knowledge of natural laws to the solution of everyday problems resulting from life 
in our technological society. And it's about mental efficiency. So think about that when you're thinking about your hopes and wishes as uh, as this full moon squares uh, Jupiter in Aquarius. So for now, thank you for listening as always. I'm really starting to get in my stride doing this podcast on my own. Um, I hope you're enjoying it. I do plan on doing a lot more videos. I'm going to do a USA Pluto return video. I'm going to do some other videos. I do have a free call that I'm offering um, on November the 16th. So it will be, it's before this eclipse. But if you listen to this ahead of time, it's a preview call of the Venus retrograde. The recording will be available at the link, the registration link. So if you're listening listening afterwards and going, oh, I missed it, or you can't attend live anyway, um, register anyway and you can hear the free call. I will be talking about my Venus Retrograde Heroines Journey class, of course, on the call as well. And that begins on December the 14th. There's a sign up to register also below in the description. Um, uh, it's a it's a course I've been running since 2017. It's my signature course, and this one is going to go so deep. And it's not just an astrology class; it's a shamanic healing class as well. It is a true heroine's journey, deep within, to descend and ascend, uh, transformed and healed. So I hope you'll consider joining me on that. There's a two-pay option that goes away on November the 14th because um, I would like the class play, paid in full before the first call. So um, if you want to sign up now, there is a two-pay option as well. So from me, happy eclipse season. We're going to be okay. It's going to be intense, an intense six months, well, five months now. Whoa. But um, keep following this and my dog's sneezing. So <laughs> happy eclipse. I love you guys. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe.